Doodles is an entertainment company and we're on tour right now. So where we go from there, uh, it's, it's going to be wild. Like the amount of sharks in the water that are trying to, to poach us just like from like talent rep perspective is like, okay, everybody is trying to get into this. So we'll see. Can where I, I clip that? That was epic. Can I just clip that one part you just said that? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Talk Too Much podcast. This week is a special week because I'm covering one of the biggest NFT projects in the space, the Doodles. The Doodles, um, to me, were one of the most fascinating projects, not just because of how they captured culture, but because of how everybody, and when I say capture culture, I mean how the art or, or the style of the design got everybody to you know look that way. But for me, it's the forward thinking that this brand brings to the table, that this brand brings to the space. My guest for the week was one of the founders of the Doodles, Mr. Evan Keast. And Evan, to me, why I really enjoy talking to him is he has that long-term vision. He has, you know, he's that chess master that, you know, is thinking far ahead into the future and operating the brand with that notion. So he's not, he started out as an NFT project. That's what the doodles are, right? They started out as an NFT project, but that's not the North Star of the brand. And Mr. Evan throughout the episode says they start as an NFT project, but they want to finish as a, you guys will have to watch the video to, to find out. But that to me was interesting. That when you look at a brand as big as the doodles, the cool cats, you know, Apes and punks are, are a level above, but still, they're all in the same genre. You don't you you think of these as blue chip NFT brands, right? People can say what they want about the Doodles, but the way they've caught culture, the wave they've they've caught at this point, I don't think they're going down. And especially after talking to Mr. Evan, I don't think this team is is ready to back down either. They're going to get more and more aggressive. You're going to see them at all these in real life events, Coachella, Art Basel, NFT NYC. They're going to be showing face and representing the brand. But the interesting thing is they're now working to turn this Doodles brand into something else, something even more special, something that impacts even more people. And I think that right there, that community-based aspect of them operating in ways, every move they make is to help the community more and more and to grow this brand bigger and bigger, bigger gives me all the confidence in the world in this project, but also lets me know that this project does have the potential to reach, to break through the NFT space and reach that mainstream level. And I, I realized something important this last week is in real life events, gather culture. In real life events, gather people up and make them believers in you. And, and to me, that is the key. A big key in building a community is in real life events. And the fact that the doodles are showing face at this stage of their journey. They're going to all these events, showing face, making connections gives you confidence of when they reach that level, they'll have a, a genuine loyal fan base behind them. Uh, not just invested token holders, but people that have seen these this brand, seen the workers of this brand in face, in, in, in physical locations. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. I really want you guys to take a look inside Mr. Evans' mind and, and see his vision. And I do think that you guys will be looking at the doodles in a much different perspective after this episode. The graph is an indexing protocol used to query data from blockchains, player-to-player -player networks, or just storage networks like IPFS. Why is the graph so important? No application can be built upon these networks without the graph. Think about how long it would take to find one piece of data without the graph. 
the graph lets you index any blockchain, any storage network, any player-to-player -player network, and grab whatever piece of data you need to build the application you're building. The graph also makes data an open market. You can signal your favorite subgraphs on the graph's decentralized network to earn more GRT. That's right, data is an open market. You can earn more GRT by picking the right subgraphs. The graph also has the subgraph studio, where you can actually create your own subgraph and publish it on the graph's decentralized network. This means other indexers can come in and signal on your subgraph. Connect your wallet to the graph's website and start signaling other subgraphs or publish your own subgraph today to earn more GRT. Developers, crypto investors, NFT collectors. Wherever you find yourself on the Web3 spectrum, the graph is without a doubt one of the most vital protocols to your niche's success. Web3 marks the ushering in of a new technological era. What this means is that all data is stored and processed on open networks with verifiable integrity. And the graph makes all this data accessible to you in a fast, easy, and secure manner. Visit thegraph.com or check out any of their social media pages to find out how you can play a role in their ecosystem. is you guys really have have captured culture as, as i would call it and that's why at first you know when when you guys came out I, I i was i was curious about where the project would go but when i saw how you guys have progressed and not only that but your your kind of the way you guys have been navigating throughout the space i instantly became a fan you know i i need to get my hands on a doodle asap uh, because i know for a fact these prices are, are going to be a steal a year from now so uh, mr evan to start this off uh, if you could please give us some backstory on yourself and how the idea of the doodles came into your life yeah for sure so the origin story the origin story and my history it's a very good question um i feel like it's like quite publicized or you know it's very public knowledge that um you know, I worked at Dapper Labs and, and CryptoKitties for about two years, um, you know, was one of the, not the original CryptoKitties uh, teammates, but was one of the original Dapper Labs uh, teammates while Dapper Labs was forming. Um, you know, I started out there doing CryptoKitties like social media and just marketing activations. So, you know, took CryptoKitties to ZKM in Germany, which was a museum, took CryptoKitties down to the Ethereal Summit in New York. Uh, that was actually one of the first publicized um, NFT auctions in which we sold a, a CryptoKitty in 2018 or yeah, 2019 uh, for $150,000. It made, um, I don't know if it was front page, but it might have been front page. But yeah, you know, we were getting uh, NFTs into mainstream media all the way back in 2019. Um, was that the biggest NFT sale at the time? Sorry to interrupt. I'm not a hundred percent sure but it was it was new york times you know story okay, worthy it was uh, one of them yeah. one of them for sure um and it was actually an art piece in itself like we didn't just bring down you know a photo of the nft and say hey we're auctioning off this nft we actually put uh, a one-of-one -one crypto kitty onto a hardware device uh put the the cat's little like pixelated image on the front of the hardware device and then we enclosed the hardware device in like uh, an acrylic kind of box. Like it really was a, an art piece in itself, not just the digital NFT portion, but also the physical piece as well. Um, and a collector by the name of Nate Alex just, just purchased that off of the guy who bought it at Ethereal Summit for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which, you know, I, I, was, I was really glad to see that, you know, somebody else appreciated 
the fact that, you know, this is early NFT art, essentially. Um, so yeah, did a lot of, um, did a lot of like, you know, NFTs and art, NFTs and culture, um, NFTs, like how to get them into Web2 media with CryptoKitties. So took a lot of learnings from there. Um, and then, you know, at Dapper Labs, we were doing a lot of stuff just on the, um, not on the protocol layer, but on like the actual application layer, right? So, you know, doing a bunch of other dApps like Cheese Wizards, uh, there was the Dapper Wallet. Um, so just got a lot of experience with, with product and product marketing as well. Um, and then shortly before um, Top Shot went live is when I had left uh, Dapper Labs. But I, you know, I got to be involved with um, some of the early like Flow waitlist stuff and the early Top Shot waitlist stuff. So, um, you know, really have been around this community and like communicating with this community and building for this community for about four and a half years. And, um, you know, it was... It was at the start of this year, so January. I was um, I've been working for a company called Kabam Games, who does like Disney games, Marvel games. Um, you know, they have a collaboration with or a partnership with uh, Hasbro for Transformers. And so, when I was working there, I do what I do best, which is you know provide entertainment for like millions of fans, not just you know eighty thousand users that are on OpenSea or or whatever it may be. So like. You know, I took my my regular Web2 entertainment kind of like branding, marketing, community skills over to Web3. And there has been a lack of that, you know, like everything's been kind of uh, just not up to the standard that you would expect in, you know, AAA IP projects. So, you know, Burnt Toast is, is AAA. All of his clients are like Facebook, Snapchat, uh um, Sorry to interrupt you, Mr. Evan. Can you go in depth on that? Because you just said something very interesting to me. You said that the the kind of like the marketing and branding we see in Web two is nowhere near where it should be in Web three. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah. And, and what do you? Th- why do you think that is? And do you think that how do we get it to be that like that? I think um, I think what's happening right now, and I like what you said earlier, is a is about the culture thing, right? Is a lot of Web two activations are like out of home or in-person activations don't make any money on, on chain. Right. Um, so when we think about, you know, how are we going to use our, our money to like move the web three space forward and culture, it's not only, you know, drops or, uh, new tokens or selling more NFTs. Like it's also like using that money to, uh, like percolate through like traditional routes, right? Like, So when we go down to Miami, we're doing a huge mural, we're doing a Snapchat activation, you know, we're doing a treasure hunt in the city, we're, you know, doing like wheat paste posters all over the city, like, you know, we're, we're doing traditional type branding for web three products, and trying to like, meet web two and web three in the middle and like show uh, what web three culture is all about via web web two vehicles like Snapchat and, and, you know, like doing stuff in person and things like that. Cause there's a cultural phenomena going on right now. And like, you know, web three culture is real. Um, we want to make sure that we show up to all these cultural events like South by Southwest, Coachella, Miami art, Basel, NFT NYC, like anything that's going on in the world that has to do with like creatives or, or people making money from, uh, putting out creative stuff or like putting on festivals or, or anything like that merchandise. Like we want to make sure we're showing like how web three can unlock, 
not only new customers, but like new experiences for them as well. So I, I, I'll say one thing. I'm, I'm so happy you said Coachella because I've, I'm a big Coachella fan. It's one of, I, I call it one of the best times of the year. It's like a, an escape away from your problems. And, and now that going forward, it's not going to be a traditional music festival. We're going to have, oh, sorry. We're going to have NFTs integrated within, as you just said, it's a creator's haven place. That's how I, I view Coachella. So how do you, to, to, I guess to get into this is, I, I really love what you said there about I see now what where how your th team's thinking to kind of capture culture in all these different uh, areas. How did the idea of the doodles come into your mind? Like, how did that idea start? Um, so, yeah, sorry, I, I got a little sidetracked because we were talking about culture and like, you know, right after NFT NYC was basically when, you know, it clicked. It was like Bored Apes is, is really leading the charge. Cool Cats as well. You know, a lot of these uh, a lot of these collections were were gracious enough to include us in their events as well. And and I saw, you know, you know, Web3 culture, it's a it's a new breed of of like super fans and fans that are like invested into your success as well. So the the amazing thing is like we have this big bag of money that can like help fuel culture or like artistic activities. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm stoked about. But to to circle back to, um, you know, how how did Doodles even even come to life? Um, like I've been a I've been a burnt toast fan for like four or five six years, right? He's he's got a very big um, Web two presence. Like his Instagram is amazing. He's been doing merchandise for just a little bit. He's been doing murals uh, for a super long time, and. Uh, I actually saw that he was kind of starting to get into NFTs on foundation. So he's minting some one of ones, right? This is back in like January, February, when artists were just getting into foundation and just kind of discovering it. And uh, uh, Jordan and I have wanted to do a project for like four or five years that is community focused, like with the community treasury sort of aspect. And uh, so we were kind of like looking for the artists that it would make sense to do with. And so I talked to Scott and, um, you know, he sent over some references. We were like, hey, you know, do you want to do a collectibles project that is community driven? And he was like, yeah, it sounds interesting. Let me like make a few sketches. And uh, so he sent some sketches and like, you know, we'll eventually share uh, like the case study on how he designed the doodles and the colors and, you know, the traits and the personalities and like the, the entire design process that went into it. But it was about six or seven months of like, refining the traits like really? looking at the colors the combinations all the stuff there there were a bunch of like happy things that came out of it like color combinations that you wouldn't expect and like trait combinations that you know other projects would probably be like no we can't have this um because we thought you know everybody in the world is different like there might be a doodle you know a trait combination where you know it's a happy mistake almost and it's like you know i think a lot of people can see in the doodles that we you know we didn't make any like hard rules that like would stop you from having a doodle that represented you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he sent over the, he sent over the sketches and like the mascot was in those sketches, like the, the rainbow puke. Uh, I mean, it's our mascot, but it's our unofficial mascot. We have like five mascots and I mean, any doodle is really, it can be a mascot, right? You know, a doodle when you see a doodle. Yeah. You know, a doodle when you see a doodle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there, we just, we just started continuing the art and, and like generating combinations and, um, you know, when we were ready to ship, we, we launched the product. So 
So was it, would you say the inspiration behind the art came from like a team perspective? You guys all refined it. You guys kept going back and forth. Like what made you guys decide those colors? Those colors, uh, I think is a big part of why I like it myself. For sure. Yeah. I mean, for the base concept of doodles, like when we linked up with Burnt Toast, he was basically like, yo, my entire working career, the universe that I've already created for like clients and himself and brands and stuff like the early formation of the Doodleverse was already in like Burntos work, right? So between like the color palettes that he chooses to like the organic lines and like subject matter that he chooses for sure. Like, you know, Burntos is really the, the Doodle creator, right? Um, now, Scott was generous enough to say that like Doodles as a whole is the three of us because you know, there were, there were traits that, that we thought would make sense. And, and we were very active all together about like what makes sense color wise, combination wise, you know, rarity distribution. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of folks will do this in like a month or so, but this was like a six to seven month process of, of like obsessing about, you know, what a PFP looks like. But that's why I think you guys did well is because you guys, you guys really put that time in the trenches and really created something, you know, long lasting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we're all, we're all vulnerable to market conditions. Right. And, and uh, you know, we were, we were trying to get it out for about two or three months and yeah, it, it hurt every time you would see another project come out. It's like, damn, like, you know, is ours going to be the last one or people are even going to care about NFTs by the end of this year, you know? So um, we're lucky to have, have uh, shipped when we did and, and we feel like it was kind of the perfect, perfect point for us to launch. And, you know, a week later, we didn't have any New York plans, but we're like, you know what, we need to be on the ground like doodles is is successful. And we need to show up as the doodles team and show show people like what doodles is all about in the real world. And, and you know, what we're trying to do for artistic folks and culture and, you know, the whole decentralized space. So, um, you know, it was crazy uh, to go to a live event, like a week after we launched, we still had so much work to do, including like scaling our team and, and everything that comes with NFT NYC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we went there a week after we launched, which, you know, from a business standpoint is, is not wise, but from like a cultural standpoint is, was just too important to miss for us. I 100% agree. That was a fantastic decision, especially because that was the first one into the main, like in terms of mainstream NFTs, that was the one that we'll always look back on and say that was the first one. So uh, that's part of marketing and branding. That's something that sometimes I I feel like I want to stay home. I don't want to talk to these people, but like that's part of work. You don't always have to like it, you know? So I, another thing I want to talk about is I think there's two factors as well is not just the art that captured but also your the development team, the one I'm a big fan of, West Coast NFT. They did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually very good friends with my boss. Um, I'm an NFT developer for a, 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 a company called NFT Stadium. We develop projects for entertainment, gaming, esports uh, teams. So we we this is a brand new venture. So we were very interested. We love West Coast NFT. And so it caught my eye how great like the, i think you guys made your contract public and there was a lot of like the nft community really uh, applauded it the way you guys handle that so if you could talk a little bit more about the tech that went behind the doodles and why do you think that uh you guys received so much uh, praise for your tech yeah it's a good question first of all yeah i mean shout out to the west coast team like uh lex protein nft santana uh, even getting introduced to them, you know, it was a contact that we had through Richard, who, you know, is really a golden standard for 
you know, selecting teams and, and security and people that write code, like, you know, these guys are, these guys write clean code. Um, they're just an amazing team. And, and we learned a lot together actually through the process because we required a lot of custom stuff from them, right? Uh, they've been doing uh, NFT projects. What, what, like, what custom stuff? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so when we had uh, the doodles like Twitter and Discord, it really was going to be like an NFT project for NFT years. You know, like we never thought we would get you know twenty thousand Twitter followers, like people demanding to get into our Discord, etc. So we weren't really that concerned about like whitelist or or anything like that. It's like, okay, we're going to turn the contract on, you know, some of our friends will mint, you know, some folks will, will see it via our Twitters or, you know, they might've gotten into the discord early. Like I shared it with, you know, the sharks and the apes and the nouns and the ducks and, and, you know, all the top projects. I was like, Hey, you know, me, poopy and, and burnt toast are working on a project. Um, and then what happened was we, we did a little teaser of like our animation because we brought Elfie on. And that's when things like really just started to heat up, right? Like we now became like a, like a hype drop where there's 50,000 people at the door and there's only 10,000 assets. So that like, that sucks, right? Like nobody, nobody wants to, nobody wants to like wait in line for anything. Like it just sucks. Um, I agree. I agree. But from your perspective, I can think of a lot worse problems, you know, that, that you could have. For sure. We like, we knew we would probably, you know, sell out our collection. We just didn't think it was going to be, you know, in 30 seconds or whatever it was. So, um, so we had to change or we had to do a lot of custom stuff just in terms of like whitelisting. And, you know, when you have a hundred thousand people that are trying to, to mint on your contract, um, you know, behind the scenes, like we're sending $50,000, $100,000 transactions just to like mint our founders tokens and make sure that we turn on the whitelist properly, turn it off because, you know, the network can get congested and like we're a team that like sticks to our schedule. You know what I mean? Like the mint, the, the minting page, like we used um, like extra security so we didn't get like DDoSed. You know, we knew there was going to be an influx of people. So we spent the money and like deployed the tech to make sure that like most blockchain projects, like, you know, the minting page goes down and, you know, some whale that's minting from the contract is the only person that gets it. Like mm -hmm. all these little things that, you know, through West Coast's experience and mine and Poopy's experience, like we're able to like identify how blockchain projects in the most important phase, which is the mint, you know, can go wrong, right? Once you mint, like your project's out there, you know, it's like a game release, um, you don't get to go back on that. There's your collection. You know, people are rolling assets that people want to buy for hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you screw anything up, um, it sucks. Um, so even at like a even at like a contract level, like setting the function to be able to, um, you know, pause the minting, add people to whitelist, remove people from whitelist, you know, set the sale on for whitelist, turn it off for whitelist, turn it on for public. All this stuff is just like extra care that we put in at a contract level. Um, and then, you know, for like the, the provable fairness or like how we see blockchain um, NFT projects, specifically like NFT collectible projects running is like right off the gate, we knew, okay, we, we're going to mint some founders tokens, right? We need to have a vote in our own project. Um, but 
what we didn't want to do is what some other collections do, which is like do honoraries and like the mascot and, and one of ones and like give them away to like their friends and influencers. It's like, no, no, no. We want to do, we want to do a, a real blockchain drop, right? So everything was, everything was rolled on mint. Um, you can take a look at all of uh, Poopy's documentation, which, which goes over that, right? The cut, the shuffle, the provenance hash, um, we crypto signed uh, our allocated tokens. So we said after the whitelist, right? What we're going to do is we're going to get a provenance hash from the community. So we know it's random. Then we're going to mint our founders tokens, which were re-rolled. Um, and as you can see, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to show the, the, the power and belief that we have behind like transparent and trustless systems, which is why I bought the mascot. It's like, can you really quickly explain what a provenance hash is? I was curious about that. The, the provenance hash essentially is, um, this is something that like poopy should definitely answer because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a technical guy cause I've done, you know, product marketing and stuff, but he understands the provenance hash a lot better. But what it does is essentially like reshuffles, um, reshuffles, uh, how the NFTs are like generated and what token it goes to, um, and it's done in like a provably, um, like there's no way the developer or any of us or the community, like there's no way anybody could have affected um, that kind of like string that that randomizes it. To, to, that's to my understanding. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all the all the rarest doodles got got picked up by the community, and and we were stoked on that. You know, like if you roll the map, this was a very this was what you may call a very transparent and fair drop. Yes, yes. We, you know, we we allocated uh, founders tokens, tokens for West Coast, tokens for like some of the people that helped us, like Alfie and Disclosure, and you know, we set aside some for like marketing and promo. But there was no like shysty, you know, like oh, you get a one of one because you're you know so and so influencer, right? Like, no, we don't we don't need that. Um, so like some folks got you know some of the rarest doodles, and I was like, yo, to show to kind of like show how fair this drop was like, I'm going to buy the mascot back. Like, why not? You know, like we Which should probably, cool, yeah. we should probably own the mascot. And luckily the guy sold it to me. Cause I don't know what we would be doing now without, you know, owning our own, own mascot. But Wait, was that the mascot before you bought it back? Did he, the guy that sold it to you, did he know that was the mascot? I mean, when we say mascot, it's not even, it not, it's not even actually like our official mascot, right? It's just like, what we're using is our Twitter profile photo right now. You know, it's, it's kind of used in our, in our logo, but yeah, I mean, there's a few other mascots, which are like the one of fives, like the jelly one, the gold one, the holographic one, and like the night, night sky one. So those are actually all mascots, right? Um, but this one was the kind of original one that we, we used the Twitter profile photo for. So like, yeah, I don't know. We might switch it to like the gold mascot at some point or the starry one, like, you know, we're not, we're not too tied to like, yeah, this is our mascot and I bought it back. So I own the best, you know what I mean? It's, it, it it's just, it's what stuck. So one thing that I, I wanted to talk to you about is <clears throat> as we, we covered the art, we covered the, the tech, but I wanted to hear from, from your own words. Why do you think, cause as, as you just earlier stated that you weren't expecting, you know, a hundred thousands of people to, to, to want to buy a doodle right away. So why do you think, and not only that, we didn't even go over the fact that after you guys launched, you guys caught culture and got hype, but then you guys got a second wave that like 
at one point people are like okay this is a hype collection it's going to be here but then the second wave everybody was just like oh this is a blue chip and then even ftx listed you guys yesterday did you see the shadows it was you guys the cool cats they that was super cool to me Mm -hmm. why do you think from your own perspective why do you think you guys caught caught culture like that what makes makes made the doodles be such a successful long-term project Mm, i think um I think the community right now, at least like the inner circle is like pretty small and, you know, there, there's a power in like where you invest your time and energy. And I think a lot of people see that, you know, they can, they can trust our team to like continue to push web three culture forward, you know, and every single thing that we do, whether it's first party blockchain um, releases. So, you know, think about another drop, right? I'm, I'm going to say flat out right now, we're not doing like a V2 doodles. We're not doing a companion drop. We're not doing any serums or, you know, we're not going to dilute um, uh, the original collection. Um, we do have a first party something planned, uh, which is really, I think, going to show people like, hey, you can actually create new experiences on Web3 without having to just sell another NFT. Like, I don't think selling another NFT is that much of like pushing the space forward. You know what I mean? Um, companion drops are cool. And I thought mutant serum was like genius, you know, mapping the traits to new traits and stuff like, you know, board Ape yacht club is really, you know, probably pushing the space forward. I think the, the most right now um, we're just going to throw our spin on it. You know, like you can also do this with web three and, and uh, you know, it makes your doodles, you know, I'll I'll save it for the the first party release, but what is yeah, the we're, first part? I was going to ask that. What is, what do you mean when you say first party release? What I mean is like we're either you know deploying a new contract or like providing a new iteration on chain um, uh, for your for your doodles, right? Like uh, a first party release versus like a third party release would be like oh you can put your doodles into this DAP or this game that'd be like more oh. of a third party um, release, right? Oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. So it's like an official something in terms of product from the doodles. Oh, I get it now. And when can we expect this official something in from the doodles? You know, is there poopy, a time frame? poopy would kill me if I said anything about time frame. So I'm just going to leave it open-ended for now. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, back to the original question, like, I think everybody sees that, you know, my experience in, in traditional marketing branding and, and like putting on events and, and actually like doing cultural stuff in web two and also having worked on web three with Dapper labs and crypto kitties and stuff. Same with poopy. I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant product guy and, and uh, you know, he has just such a strong pulse on like what this community wants and, and how to take web three to the next level. And then Scott is, is a brilliant artist. I think, you know, people realize that we are a team that, that will continue to be, pushing the space forward as best we can. So, you know, folks are, I think folks just know that we have good intentions uh, to try to continue to push the space forward. And I wanted to ask you something. <clears throat> you you said you keep, you talk about uh, your, your building communities. I think that is the key in, in Web3. For any, you know, upcoming people trying to get in the space or, or that, you know, are know the importance of communities but need help building one what advice would you give to to these people on how to build a brand or a community it could be around a project or any 
Yeah, I think, um, I think first things first is like, well, patience is key. I mean, I've wanted to put out a project for the last like year, year and a half. Um, and yeah, you really got to take your time with it because you do really only have one shot to leave, leave an impression, especially in blockchain, because these things are forever. Um, but I think, yeah, just getting involved in, in other communities, you know, like, uh, subdocs, cool cats, apes, um, uh, not so much the punks. Cause you know, uh, punks are a, a great, a great NFT. Um, I think it's just harder because, you know, Larva Labs is, is its own entity to kind of get involved, uh, at a community level other than like DAOs and things formed around the project, but the kind of like blue chip or, or very successful projects, like just get involved with the community. Like there's so much value you can bring to existing, um, collections or projects and you'll just learn so much. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I think there's a ton of way to add value to like existing stuff in the space right now. And I think that might unlock their own kind of like, okay, how do I build a community or an experience or an extension? Um, cause like creating a whole new brand, a whole new like collectibles series. I mean, you gotta have, you know, superstar team, a lot of luck, the right timing. Um, there's so many things that go into it. I think like just getting involved and, and learning about, you know, web three and, and community building and things like that is like the easiest place to start. Um, and yeah, just being involved with the community for so long, it's like, that's where I get my knowledge from, you know, is being a collector, um, you know, collecting in things, um, and just like, chatting with people that are, have been in the space for five plus years, you know, like I've met so many brilliant people, um, just being a collector, uh, across different projects. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's people from, from, uh, there's people from like, you know, coders to, to just product builders, to marketers, to, you know, the fashion industry, entertainment industry, like, all these people are getting into web three and like now is the time to, to get into these communities and like really solidify that, that you're, you're also into it. Right. So my only advice would just be like, get involved, learn, and uh, yeah, be very, be very patient with, with what you put out because blockchain is hard. And I wanted to ask circle back and address something. You said you are in a, you have experience in an event managing, do you will do you think will the doodles ever put on their own Coachella in a way? Do you think so? Um, you know, I since launching doodles and actually even like two weeks to a month before doodles, like I've been on the road, like I haven't been home in about two months. Um, I see doodles, you know, we're sponsoring an event in Miami, uh, we're putting on a, a you know, an industry mixer, we want to show up at South by. Um, will, you know, will doodles have enough money to create something like Coachella that's like, uh, you know, put on by the doodles? Like, yeah, I think there's potential for us to, to put on our own thing. Like, I don't know if we want to be a, a festival per se, but one of the, one of the things that I'm focused on most right now is, you know, activating, um, artists and creators at events like Miami Art Basel, at events like South by Southwest, if if Web3 money can get these people to create, you know, amazing things in the real world, I think we have like 
some sort of like winning, uh, some sort of winning transaction and, and like creative, uh, creative, like amazing superpower here. Like we're, you know, we're doing a mural, we're doing a, a merchandise installation, we're doing um, all these different things that like artists have just been waiting to, to get on top of like Geronimo, who's like an amazing installation artist is coming to do our merch installation. And like Burnt Toast is doing a mural We're we're able to pay painters and we're able to pay, you know, event producers. And I just think it's like a blessing for the creative space as a whole. And I, I also, for me, that that's very interesting. Are you going to be at NFT land in Vegas? Are you, did you guys consider that as well or no? So uh, we're not like officially confirmed right now, but um, there's a 99% chance you will see us at NFT land. Yes. Okay, good. Cause that's my hometown. And I honestly, everybody was saying that that festival might not in terms of importance be bigger than NFT NYC, but like, like it's going to be like NFT NYC was more as an, uh, I saw it as a networking event. Yeah, I see this as like, let's gather up and have fun. That's what they made it out to be. So I wonder how that's going to play out. But Mr. Evan, I don't want to take up that much more of your time. So to, to end this interview, I have an important question I want to ask of you is, in your opinion, if we were to have a conversation a year from now, and we will because I will annoy you. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you if you were to give us one bold prediction for the doodles? What would you say it would be? Bold prediction is uh, you're going to see a Web3 entertainment company uh, that used NFTs to start their business. But that's like one tenth of, you know, what we're getting into. That might have been one of the coolest answer, uh, answers I've heard of for that question. What, what do you mean enter- entertainment company like like Warner Bros, like something like that? I just think like a lot of brands or a lot of companies start in, in one vertical, right? Uh, take Amazon, for example. Amazon started as a bookseller. I, I don't think anybody today would think, oh, Amazon is a bookseller. Like Amazon, you know, is a marketplace that that provides uh, goods for the entire world. They're a streaming platform, et cetera. Um, they started out in a in a book and e-commerce vertical, right? Um, I think Doodles isn't an NFT brand. It's not a it's not a it's not an NFT collectibles brand. Doodles is a brand that got their start with NFTs and Web3. And so we want to see what industries and, and what verticals come out of this, this emerging market. Um, I, just, I just think there's so many things we're going to be getting into. So um, we're excited to just keep pushing forward, really. That's, that's, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Evan. That's actually ingenious. I'm, I'm beyond excited because I think brands for, for NFTs become fully adopted. I think brands and the teams their leaders behind them need to think like that they can't just be so stuck within the nft space they need to think how to impact i think more people on a a global stage kind of so thank you so much for for taking the time to have this interview with me mr evan um this interview will be out next wednesday probably most likely 99 sure um so i'll probably annoy you with the marketing i'll at you uh on twitter and and linkedin and instagram for three days in a row i do that so i apologize in advance yeah, yeah. Um, send, send it towards Dr. Bond McKenzie. Okay. Okay. I, I will. I will. I will as well. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this. And I appreciate you. And I can't wait to see what you guys do with the, the doodles going forward. Yeah, man. Uh, take, take note of Miami for sure. I will. I might be there, but if not, I will see you. And if, uh, wait, like something big is going to happen there. You're saying in Miami. Well, yeah. What well, well, you said, take note of Miami. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty, okay. pretty cool, but okay. um, <laughs>